Welcome to Phone Messages, Episode 99, The Beeper. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number 20 from Chris Pearson. As we will hear, it most likely comes right after last week's message. One day in the summer of 1989. The message is six seconds long. Here we go. You believe? I mean, I, I know you don't know exactly the timing, but these are all the same day. You believe one after another, or could that well, be? You hear the continuity between those two, right? Uh, but it's not like I'm like composing like a major opus. That, you know, it's not like I'm trying to like lay down a song there and I'm going back to it, right? Because that would make sense to me if I'm trying to like leave a nude song for you, and I'm like, oh crap, I just disconnected it. Let's do take two, you know. But well, that's not what we're hearing here at all. I mean, there's not a continuous thought going on. It's, you know, sort of a sound piece. Um, and then the funny thing is, right, the second message is only a few seconds again. I'm trying to picture your phone. You had it set and you were, you know, playing guitar into it. And then, I don't know, you bumped it or something. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, you also could have been on speed dial. I, I think it's funny because, I mean, like these days... You know, it's funny, like, like, like I'm with my friend at the store the other day, and she's like, why do you keep calling me? You know, because I've got this cell phone, and it's so easy to just touch it, and it'll, like, make a call on its own. But at that time, it's not like I'm going to be calling you by mistake. A person could hang up by mistake, I guess. You know, it's with electronics, you know, it, it's all new at some point. You know, I was talking to someone about beepers recently and about how what a big shot I felt when I got my first beeper. It was in New York. I was probably 30 or almost 30 or something, the mid-90s. And I remember going out to, to my mom's for dinner. Um, she's there with her husband and I'm there and there's a bunch of us there. And there, there were beepers on the table. Like my, my stepfather had a beeper. I had a beeper. And then this, I think someone else had a beeper. And it's like, oh, look at these guys with their beepers here. You know, what a bunch of big shots, you know, because <laughs> there were three guys in the room and none of the women had beepers but these guys all had them and they were like lying on the table you know and then of course you know we try and make codes you know just try and communicate because all you would get would be numbers right so you try and communicate through the you now otherwise you have to call and you get a message from somebody so it's like well 911 okay that means there's something going on you know but drug stuff would be easy to communicate with a beeper because you'd put a number in there you know three or five or whatever and you could also put a street in there, like, so I put three, 96, 96 street, and then when I'm there, 911, you know, there was a whole code, drug code you could do that sort of worked with numbers. So you're saying you would call from the nearby... Uh, I'd go into payphone, payphone and I'd beep the guy I wanted to communicate with, and I'd put in the information. It could be a street number, a quantity, and maybe a time. That would be the basic gist of it would be to make deals. Um, you know, I'm not a, not a doctor or anything. And then no one ever had to really communicate anything to me urgently in the painted floor business. But again, it made me feel like a big shot. And, you know, you still, it was just the technology was available. I think unless you were like a messenger, like if you were, you were like, like a, you know, bike messenger, it makes perfect sense. If you're a doctor, it makes perfect sense. There aren't that many professions other than, than, you know, those types that really need a beeper. Drug guys. If you're a drug dealer or a drug user, it makes perfect sense. The first pager system 
arrived at Brooklyn's Jewish Hospital in 1950. And after the FCC approved the device for broader use in 1958, it became a tool linked to doctors as much as the stethoscope. But in the 1970s, the pager slowly spread to other professions. A 1973 ad for Motorola pagers declares, Doctors, attorneys, managers, salesmen, servicemen, repairmen, anyone who spends part of his working day away from his place of business should look into Motorola paging. Pagers at this time primarily worked just by signaling owners who would then call the paging service to find out who had left a message. Some pagers, beginning with Motorola's Pageboy from 1970, also had the capacity to broadcast a message from the service operator. In the 1980s, companies introduced pagers that could display numbers and letters. Some could even print out the message on an optional portable printer. It was also in the 80s that the technology became associated with another profession, the drug dealer. This association led many U.S. school districts to prohibit students from bringing them to class, including New York City, which instituted a ban in 1988. Despite this, beeper ownership grew rapidly in the 1990s, especially among young people. By 1995, people 35 or younger accounted for 80% of pager sales. Although cell phone ownership was growing as well, at this time, more people still preferred a pager. In 1993, 19 million Americans owned pagers, while about half as many, 10 million, owned cell phones. The preference for pagers was in large part due to their low cost. In the mid-90s, the monthly fee for just 60 minutes of cell phone usage was around $60, plus between 60 and 30 cents for additional minutes, depending on the time of day. In contrast, I found an ad in the New York Times from 1995 for a basic numeric pager that cost just $9.95 a month for up to 500 beeps. For this reason, some people carried both cell phones and beepers. The beeper could also be used as a message filter. As one marketing manager put it when interviewed by the San Francisco Chronicle in 1995, the trouble with cellular phones is that sometimes you don't want to be reached by anyone. But with a pager, you can decide which calls to respond to. Today, of course, we can filter messages using our cell phones. But while digital cell phones with text message capabilities emerged in the early 90s, again, the cost per message made pagers much cheaper. At the same time, because pagers that used letters were more expensive, most pagers in use were the simple numeric kind, 
Consequently, numerical codes developed for common phrases. Dozens of newspaper articles came out explaining the pager codes used by teenagers. Motorola even created a free code card to carry for handy reference. Most obvious were codes like 411, meaning question, or 911, urgent. 121 meant let's meet alone. 007, James Bond's number, meant I've got a secret. Especially creative were codes that combined digital numbers to be read as letters. For example, 6000843 reads goodbye, and 07734 reads hello when turned upside down. As the cost of cell phones dropped in the first decade of the 21st century, pager use rapidly declined. In a 2006 episode of the TV show 30 Rock, Jack Donaghy mocks Liz Lemon's boyfriend Dennis for calling himself the Beeper King. Clearly by then, beepers were a dying business. Okay, that's it for this week. Thanks again to Chris for sharing his story. If you have a story to share, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.